You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos, and you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature podcast. Dismantling the mistranslation found in Genesis chapter 4, verse 26, at that time men began, Father Paul explains that in the Hebrew, in the passive, God merely allows, literally, it was allowed to call on the name of the Lord. The action is initiated by God without even mentioning human beings. This distinction is critical since throughout scripture, whenever men begin something, it is always negative. I am happy to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. At that time, that is fantastic. Still, we have not finished. We are told that this kind of humans were given to them. I'm translating Hebrew. I'm dismantling the began. At that time, men began, which was launched by the Greek already because the Greek could not handle the Hebrew. Power was given in the passive to call upon the name of the Lord. Let's dissect this. The first one is huhal. Huhal is the passive of a verb, which means to allow, to absolve. It's the same root as we have in Arabic for the absolution of sins and also for the absolution of fasts on certain days, like March 25th, the Annunciation during Lent and so on. Anyone who knows Arabic will understand that is halla. The closest for an American ear is the meat called halal, which is a meat that is allowed. Why am I making a big deal about that? I'm making a big deal, and I discuss this in my book, that every time this verb which is translated as began, has as subject human beings, it is bad because it expresses their power to do something. It is only when God is the subject of that verb in the active that things are good and positive. Okay, and I give many examples when I'll get to them. I hope the hearers will understand what I'm saying. That when men begin, which is the translation of that verb, halal, it's not good. That is why in this particular instance, the original Hebrew is not men began or it began as what. It was allowed to men. Men are not mentioned. It's just a plain passive. 
it's much more powerful. It was allowed to call upon the name of the Lord. In other words, the action was initiated by God himself, and this parallels the previous verb, yulad ben, a son was born to Sheth. So this verse 26 is <laughs> as powerful as verse 25. Both of them are really filled to the brim with importance and accents. At that time, one was allowed to call upon the name of the Lord. And it is the first time that we have here a junior calling the name of the senior. Until now, starting with chapter 2, it is Adam that calls the animals, the man that calls his wife Isha, the man that calls his wife Eve, and so on and so forth. The woman calls her son Cain, or Eve calls her son Cain, and then the woman calls her son Sheth. But for the first time that we hear a junior calling upon the name of the Lord is precisely at the end of chapter 26, and already we are prepared to listen to the law, because this is where the stress on calling upon the name of the Lord appears. And what points to the law is also the fact we don't give importance because for us, Elohim and Yahweh are the same thing. They are not the same thing functionally. In verse 25, we heard about Elohim, but here it is the Lord, and the Lord is directly connected with the law. You will remember how we shall hear in Exodus, I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob under the name of El Shaddai, God Almighty, but my name Yahweh, I reveal it today to you in my law. Once more, friends, one has to be patient. And I think scripture intentionally was written this way, not to allow you to draw immediate conclusions until you have heard at least the first full section, which is the five books of Moses. Otherwise, you're just playing games. Notice what I said about the new seed, and immediately people jump even beyond the Torah into Isaiah, and then the seed, Jesus, in the New Testament, and they miss the fact that the new seed is already Seth in this text. So the end of verse 26 prepares us for this relationship with God that is anchored around Karashem, to call the name. But once more, we have Shem, the name of this very important son of Noah, already mentioned twice here. And one should not dismiss these instances are just 
play on words in a pejorative sense. Obviously, they are play on words. But let me jump ahead and mention an example, which is very classic, but again, you need the Hebrew to understand it, that when you are asked, when do we hear for the first time Isaac in the Bible, obviously, you jump to chapter 18 after the covenant of circumcision, because Isaac obviously was the firstborn after the covenant of circumcision. He was the first one who was circumcised on the eighth day. But in Hebrew, and scholars point this out, it's not only I who am saying this, that Isaac, the sound, and thus the name Isaac, appears already in 1717. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed. Now, only the original Hebrew, no translations can render it, not even the Arabic. And laughed sounds exactly and Isaac. And I'm sure everybody notices that God will play on the laughter of Abram and Sarai and blesses them at the same time, punishes them by having them call the name of their son as laughter and as joke. And as God was saying, laughs best the one who laughs last. Whatever you do, I am in control. And that is the biblical story in nutshell. Whatever the macho men, and we shall revisit that in chapter 6, it is God who is in control. As we shall see, I like to mention this because it impressed me so much. Although men think that they control women, it is definitely women that not necessarily control men because they would be stupid to think so, but it is through them, through their giving birth to men that God belittles the macho men. But this is for chapter 6, so please let us not go in the discussion in that topic. I hope my hearers understood why I needed to go back and forth, backwards and forward in discussing these two verses, hoping that they will see that the reason is that these two verses were intended to precisely build this straddle, this bridge between the totality of God's creation, as we call it, the universe completely, and how his will proceeds, obviously, through the human beings, because it is the human beings who are addressed by the words of the Bible, not the animals and the vegetation. And it continues. But 
these two verses prepare us to accept slowly and hopefully surely, slowly because it's difficult, it's against the grain, that God as Yahweh and as Elohim proceeds being in control in spite of all appearances and this will culminate in Daniel which is the fifth book from the end of the Bible where we hear about someone who is a devout man following the law and God through him controls the destiny of kingdom after kingdom after kingdom after kingdom. Clearly, when we are part of a kingdom who at one point seems to be in control, we think that this is going to continue until the end of history. All powerful human powers, kingdoms, empires, republics, and so on, think that way, and I'm convinced it will never change. And that is good news for me, because it tells me again that Scripture is unique in its approach. No one can repeat it the way it is written, even when we think that from our pulpits we are doing that. That's why I hope that someday we'll go back to the original wish of Scripture, where we never hear in the law about sermons given after each reading. You just hear about the people having to congregate, and the congregation, very interestingly, is called mikra, something which is called to gather, and you just hear the words of Scripture, kathos regrapte, as Paul says as it is written. It doesn't say, as you heard it. Remember what I used to say in the classroom that, friends, you are responsible for what I said in the classroom and not what you heard. And Timothy Lowe was always there to remind the people, trust this man, he knows what he's talking about. Because even if you tape his words and you repeat them, you are already twisting them in your mind because you are hearing them the way you want to hear them. So it's a good opportunity to listen to this, even if you would need Another episode for question and answers. I'm ready, but only for these two verses. Thank you very much for listening. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.